We're starting the second chapter. So you've made it through chapter one. And I thought it would be good to take a look at the context of Philippians, the historical context of Philippians. Paul's writing in prison to the church in Philippi. Now, how long had Philippi been around? Well, at least as long as Alexander the Great's father had been around because the city was named after Alexander the Great's dad, Philip. Won a big battle there in 360 uh, BC. But the recent history of Philippi had been the place where, remember, Julius Caesar was assassinated. Roman Empire kind of split, fought one another, culminated in Philippi with Augustus forces winning out. And as a consequence of that battle, that victory, Philippi was a special place, a special city in the Roman Empire and was accorded the privileges that only citizens in Rome had. So was it a good place to start a church? Probably if we were doing a church plant survey, say, yeah, that's a good place. That's where Paul started. And, but yet Paul's letter to the church in Philippi is a personal letter, a personal letter. And he talks to them about three things. We're going to get to them eventually in the book of Philippi. But he talks about church unity. Remember that theme? from the last book that we did. He talks about the fact that the church is going to run into some hard times. It's going to be oppressed. It's going to be taken to task. And a third thing in the letter is that Paul says, take heart, Christ is coming again. What a comfort. What a comfort. So in chapter 1, we get a philosophy from Paul. What's that philosophy? What would you say the philosophy is? And what would you say the key verse in chapter one was? It's a test. All those who raise their hand are exempt. Remember, he says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. It's a great philosophy reminded me of taking command of a battalion and about a thousand guys and we were instructed at the pre-command course to write our philosophy of command. Is that important? Absolutely. What's more important? Living it. What's our pattern? What do we expect from soldiers day in and day out? What do soldiers expect in seeing us day in and day out. And chapter 2 is about the pattern of Christian living. And we're going to talk about that. But what's a pattern? Are patterns good? Pattern. Everybody in this room, day in and day out. Now, you don't want to go too far with that <laughs> because you may be convicted. You may say, well, maybe my pattern needs to change. Um, you know, I, 
There's two patterns. For those of you who are into patterns, the one on the left is a non-Euclidean star. You probably already knew that. <laughs> but here's a pattern. Now, I know nobody would fall into this, but it's an old golfer who speaks out. Here's his pattern of life. He said, we had a power outage at our house this morning in my PC, laptop, TV, DVD, iPad, and my new surround sound music system were all shut down. Then I discovered that my mobile phone battery was dead, and on top of it all, it was raining outside, so I couldn't play golf. I went into the kitchen to make coffee, and then I remembered that this also needs power. So I sat and talked with my wife for a couple of hours. She seems like a nice person. <laughs> Hopefully that's not your pattern. <laughs> but if I were to say and depict patterns of life, the pattern on my left would be my sweet wife's pattern. Busy, structured, full, beautiful. And the one on the right, and moi. So what's your pattern? Specifically, what's your pattern as a Christian? should be different. There should be something about you that's, and I think Paul is getting at this as he's speaking to the church. He's saying, hey, listen, guys. Being part of a church means that you're going to have to convey that church within the church body and outside the church body. You're going to have to be different. So how different do you have to be? So what does a Christian's life pattern look like? You say, well, it's easy. It's following Jesus. Yeah, so what does that look like? What does that look like on a Tuesday morning at 6? What does that look like on a Tuesday at 11? What does that look like at a Tuesday at 6 when you're coming home from the traffic? What does that look like when you walk through the door and your wife and your kids greet you? What does that look like when you say goodnight and you go to bed and you kiss your wife and you get ready for the next day? What does that look like? Is it easy? I say, no, it's not. Well, but wait a second. We're, in, we're part of Burke Community Church. We have a moniker. We have a sticker that says, follow God's lead. We have to yell. That's, that's it. That's it. That's what I do, following God's lead. So what does that look like? Could I tell other than you've got it on the back of your cars? And it looks great, by the way. You know, I, you drive around locally. You can see FGLs all over the place, and it warms my heart. Um, so don't give up on that. As a matter of fact, my wife has one on the dryer door. You know, we've got one on both cars, and she's got one on the dryer door, so I, you know, I can't miss it uh, when we're loading and unloading the drive. But are you trying to imitate Jesus? How's that working? 
I'm, be, I'm getting personal here. <laughs> um, is Paul talking about imitation or is he talking about an impartation? So what's the difference? An impartation, that is the mind of Christ should be in us. And it can only be there by the power of the Spirit of God. I just said a mouthful. If you're going to be one who follows God's lead, who follows Christ, you're going to have to change from the inside and you're going to have to allow the God who saved you to take control, to take charge of your life. Now, we need to learn to sit back and watch the Spirit of God move. Does that mean we simply sit and twiddle our thumbs and wait for something to happen? My take is no. We don't. Are we always ready to listen? The answer is yes. But to sit back and twiddle our thumbs? Well, I go to church on Sunday. Well, I've done more than wait for the power to go out before I talk to my wife. Um, the key is that that power is dynamic and has to come from the Spirit of God. Have I allowed the Spirit of God to enter into my pattern of life is the question on the table. And I, most of what I share is what I'm going through myself. And I have a YBH on several places marked in my Bible, and it's, yes, but how? How? How does that, what does that look like, and how does it come about in my life? In the context of Christ and his church, put yourself in the shoes of Paul writing a letter to the Philippians and receiving it as a personal letter from one who has invested in you and started you. Now, you go back to Scripture, and it's therefore if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. So the if clause, the if phrase at the beginning is not really a conditional statement, but rather it's a proclamation. It's like describing a great football player, a great baseball player. Hey, listen, if there's anybody who can run, it's Bob. If there's anybody who can catch, it's Bob. If there's anybody who's always got his mind in the game, it's Bob. It's, it's not if, it's since. So read this in the context of Christ and his church and establishing your pattern. Since there is any encouragement in Christ, since there is comfort of love, since there is fellowship of the Spirit, and since there is any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. So
So are we to be carbon copies? Are all of us in Brook Community Church to be the same? Do we move as a group, sit down as a group, get up as a group, stand up as a group, all doing the same thing? The answer is no. No. If you have the mind of Christ, if you acknowledge the fact that there's encouragement in Christ, there's comfort and love, there's fellowship of the Spirit, there's affection and compassion, and there's a uniqueness of each of us who's created by the hand of God, we're all different, but yet we're all the same. In some churches, there are two groups, not in our church. There are those for and against the senior pastor. Don't like what senior pastor preaches. We say, we say it out loud, we say it behind his back, we say it. And there are also those who like him. Now, this would never be the case in our worship backgrounds, but some are for and against music in the church. We don't have that issue. We keep comments from time to time about music. But to be of one mind is to let the mind of Christ be in you. And that permits differences of expressions, differences in gifts, differences in methods of services, even differences in minor doctrines. If we all have the mind of Christ, there will be unity in the church as Paul portrays in a letter, three parts to the letter, unity, suppression, oppression, and Christ coming again. So in the context of Christ and his church, we're getting some more insight into how to go about establishing and living out a pattern. So you go on in scripture and it says, it says, Paul writes, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. How do we do that? Sometimes selfishness and empty conceit are expressed within even the church at the expense of the gospel. You know, there were two ladies who Paul specifically points out in his letter now you wonder how we got to know these two ladies, how we got to know what they were doing, but they were at odds with one another. Probably not doctrinal differences, but maybe the place. Maybe one wanted blue and the other wanted yellow carpeting in the sanctuary. Maybe one was upset of where she was seated when she came to church early on Sunday. She wanted to be seated near the front, but not on the front row. Nobody likes to sit on the front row. Um, but as a consequence, Yodius and Syntyche caused division in the church. Their pattern of life was such that they caused division rather than bring about unity. Now, guys are never that way. You know, we couldn't substitute in Bob and Frank for Yodius and Syntyche, but maybe we could. Um, so what's the solution? With humility of mind, regard one another is more important than yourselves. And another YBH, yes, but how? 
how do I go about, you know, there's in a pattern of Christian living, there's several points of conflict that we have. And one of them is loving and caring for others. Wouldn't Christianity be great if it was all about our relationship with God and we didn't have to deal with others? Depending on the day, we've all said that. We've all felt that. We've all pursued that. I mean, there's even some days where you don't get along with your wife, right? But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Can you do that? If you're living out a pattern of Christian living, and if you have a humble mind focused on Christ, you can. Nothing I'm saying here is impossible. There it is. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Interest of others. Y'all going to have to work that out individually because God's given each of us a cluster upon which and around which our lives focus. So life, our family, our extended family, our friends, our workforce. I mean, we all, and they're all different. And they're all different. So the question I leave you with today is, so what's your pattern? Is it non-Euclidean star-like? Or is it something else? So I want you to consider at your tables what the characteristics of a pattern of Christian living looks like. It's foremost expressing the mind of Christ. It's devoid of selfishness and empty conceit. It's focused on others. It's active. It's not sitting, twiddling your thumbs, waiting for something to happen and for God to act in your life. It's predictable. I ought to be able to go up to any of you on Thursday morning and find the same guy that I see on Tuesday morning. That's reasonable. And then whatever additional thoughts you have. Here's discussion questions. Pick and choose. Pick and choose. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for giving us a philosophy of life, Father, to live as Christ, to die as gain. We know that. But yet we live day in and day out with the lives that you've given us, and we want the pattern of our life to be representative of you. We want to portray the mind of Christ in what we do and how we do it, and we want to be predictable. We want to be consistent. We want to be living a life that demonstrates a love and concern for others. Father, we know we can't do that in our own strength. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys.